you. We glorify your holy name, God, for the privilege that we have this morning of being here in the very presence and power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, for the anointing that has already destroyed the yoke of bondage and the things that are taking place in people's lives and are continuing to happen and will continue to happen as the Spirit and the Word become stronger and stronger. That is our prayer, Father. We give you the praise in Jesus' name, amen. I have asked a member of our church, Brian, to give a testimony on what God's done for him. So praise God. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, I'll start off when I came back to the Lord, uh, had a kind of a cataclysmic thing happen to me, which propelled me towards God. Um, and at that time, I, I had a bad situation. Nothing is dire when I first came to the church when I almost died. I wasn't in that state, thank God. But uh, right from that start, I had to exercise my muscle of faith. And, and no matter what I saw with my eyes, I had to maintain the word of God in me that God is going to provide my need. And, you know, specifically, my wife would come to me and she goes, I don't know, dear, you know, maybe you should go try over here for a job. And I said, no, I'm... I, this is where it is. And so sure enough, it comes in that, in that time, in the right time, in the exact time. And so I get back into the workforce and I'm doing everything. And the first thing the enemy wants to do is he wants to come and steal that from you. So he's going to use the same trick. Okay, so when he uses the same trick on you, you're going to have to recognize that. So I, I compare that to driving in a car. And if you're looking in your front windshield, you will see everything you need to see. It's when you look in the rearview mirror that you see everything back. Oh, I'm too loud now. Sorry. And so, anyways, um, so I'm looking in the. I, I I compare it to looking in the front windshield, and you see all the things that you need to avoid or to get around or whatever. But when you look in the rearview mirror, you see what's coming up behind. And so, when you look in your rearview mirror when you're dealing with God, everything's 100%. Because then you begin to see, oh yeah, I saw God here and here and here. So anyways, I get back into the workforce. Uh, everything is going great. He tries to get me out of my thing, but I stick fast to God, get back into prayer, and we just get right through that. So as these things were coming along, I, every time I needed a raise, man, it felt like I was pulling teeth. I'd have to go to my boss and just say, oh, please, I, you know, I need, and then I would get something. So then I felt the Holy Spirit inside of me stirring me because, you know, we have new addition to our family, and. And I had the Tahoe, so I said, well, you know what, dear, um, we were talking about this. I go, I don't know when, but we're going to have to go get a car. And um, so it's coming, in, and I just, it was that week, and, and Mary was graduating, and I felt in my spirit, go down, get the information. So I go down, I get the information, and it's the day Mary's graduating. So we go down there, we meet with the guy. And literally, God had put people in front of me, laborers across my path, that made the right phone call to the owners over there at homeowners that got my name in front of their ears and mouth. And when I walked in the door, I, the favor rolled right out as if red carpet was in front of us, literally. Now, many of you probably have bought cars, so you have to hassle the deal. Like he comes with this number, you go, oh, I need that number, no, this number, back and forth. 
there was three cards that were put in front of us and it was one price and, and then the first day we had to leave for Marysing but he gave us a price and it was $7,000 off. I said, wow. So he starts to take items off the car to try to get us to the price that we want. And we said, we'll come back Saturday, we'll deal with it then. Go to Mary's thing. I feel in my spirit that God's going to provide every need. Now mind you, where we're starting at is in a suburban, okay? Now here's where God's going to stretch you. So we go back the next day, we saw this Cadillac escalate in the back. It was dirty, it was black, it's the one you see out there. And I, I, I looked at Lisa and I go, oh my God, that's pretty sharp, wow. But it was dirty and it wasn't the color, I wanted white. Well, long story short is, they gave us that car cheaper than the other model that they were gonna give us that they were gonna take things off. Then I got a $3,000 deductible off of it. I paid less for that vehicle than they buy it for. But that's not the end of it, because God says that he's gonna bless you and add no sorrow. Now, sorrow is not the payment. <laughs> The sorrow is the additional things that come with it. But So we're going through it. I'm there. He pushes the paper in front of me. Now, mind you, the salesman in me wanted to push the paper back. But the God in me said, no, that we can do. Now, now mind you, I felt the salesman in me could have gone cheaper. But the God in me said, Brian, it's more than sufficient. So I didn't... We, do the deal, we get the car, everything is good, go. She calls me up on a Thursday, because in my work I have direct deposit. And she asked me, she says, hey, did you do something to your check? Oh, I didn't do nothing to my check. Okay, because it's more. I go, what? I go, wait, let me check this out. <laughs> so sure enough, I go to the thing and I get the statement and I go, don't say nothing. <laughs> I think they made a mistake. <laughs> so I go for the next week. <laughs> Lisa, what'd you say? Same thing. God had supernaturally provided my need and gave me a raise. And I told no one about that but him. No one. And Lisa knows, because she's my witness. When I've had to go get raises, man, I'd had to take my boss, John, and just almost turn him upside down and shake him to try to get those nickels to drop out. And it was a supernatural increase that more than met the need for that payment. So basically, it's almost minus $200. We got that car for free. As far as the payment is concerned, all we come up with is $200. That's God. So... I just want to encourage you, take your muscle of faith and know this, that he comes at you with the same garbage. So if you can recognize that, and that's what I say about the windshield in the front, if you recognize that, you can just get right around it. It's the same trap. Amen. In other words, the car payment was paid plus extra money. If he had not listened, I'm going to be real blunt here, to the Spirit of God when the Lord told him, that's enough, don't push it, it probably wouldn't have happened like that. That's where, that's, that's where 
Church, we need to listen to the still, small voice of the Holy Ghost. Because sometimes we want to fight for things and God can't move in that And when we're fighting like that. But if we just will listen to the Holy Ghost, He'll move super abundantly above all that we dare ask or think. Amen. Hallelujah. That was a great testimony. Thank you for doing that. Anybody else want to share this morning? <clears throat> Anybody else want to share this morning? Okay. Cars, houses, whatever, jobs, anything? Okay, we will start with the today's offering. Okay, we want to go to first. Father, I just ask you to bless the word this morning. Bless, anoint this Anoint me to teach this word as I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. I thank you, God, that the word is powerful and the Holy Spirit is here to teach us. So I thank you that this word, this seed, falls upon good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. And I thank you, Lord, that greater are you that's in each one of us than he that's in the world. And we have been called for signs and wonders. We have been created for this time. And this is the time, the season that we're in right now where you're closing out the time for, of the believers here on this earth for I know soon and very soon we will be meeting you in the sky, Jesus, and I just am so grateful that I know you. And Father, you're not giving us this word just to get fat on this word. You are giving us this word to go forth and set the captives free. So I thank you, God, this morning for the privilege to preach and teach your word and allow you to minister to each person and reveal to them the word individually in Jesus' name, amen. So the first scripture is Acts 10, 38, and we should all know that one. And Jesus went about doing good and what? Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Healing all. I'm, what I'm going to share with you, and I'm going to give you every scripture you need to do this today. I'm starting today. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I've shared with you many times that in my Bibles, I underline all the healing scriptures in, in green in, the, in the, um, the New Testament, in green. All the places where Jesus healed, all the places where he set the captives free, all the places where he rose the dead, all the places where he cast out devils. That way I can easily go to my Bible and um, if you can see, you can kind of see it here. Whoops, excuse me. It's kind of light green, this one. But I can go to my Bible and just open up my Bible and there are all the healing scriptures that I need. And so 
I'm giving you these scriptures, and I pray that you do that. You don't have to go digging them up yourself. This is what the Lord said to do, so this is going to be real simple for you because I've had to, not had to, but I've read through the word and then underlined it. And that takes time. So let's go for it. Acts 10, and then we have John 14, 12. Did I miss that? No, can't be. Oh, Luke, sorry about that. You gotta get to the right book if you're gonna go there, right? John 14, 12. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these, because I go to the Father and I, and I will do, I myself will grant, grant whatever you ask in my name as presenting all that I am so that the Father may be glorified and extolled in through the Son. Hallelujah. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Very, verily, verily, I say unto you that he that believe on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. So God, Jesus has already said that he's expecting us, or we have the privilege to do greater works than he did. Now, as I go through all these today, you're gonna to go, wow. I received a, we have a friend that we've known for years before we ever started the church, we met him. And um, he and I have Facebook, kind of Facebook back and forth. and. I received something and I went ahead and put it on my page the other day. I had written something on Signs and Wonders or something, I can't remember. And he shared about a, a pastor in Pakistan that had asked him, I, I might get this wrong, I called pastor and he'd already left the house, I was going to have him bring my iPad. Anyway, he had gone into his bedroom, um, Garth had gone into his bedroom and made this 10 minute tape for this man on winning people to the Lord. And they sent it off to Pakistan and they started taking this tape into the villages and showing it. And from village to village to village, I believe, didn't it say 8,000 people have already been saved on a 10 minute tape that was, I believe it's a, a DVD that was done in a bedroom Think of this, a 10 minute tape on the gospel done in a bedroom and the pastors are over there are taking it from, from village to village and showing it and many are being saved. Church, what are we doing here in America? I know what I had written. Dad Hagen had said years ago, I believe when we were at school, he said, you know, this is at the time when people were going up into the heavenlies and calling down the demons and all this stuff. And boy, would they have a mess when they were calling down the demons. That's not the way to pray. He said, the way to get rid of the demons in your city is to get the city saved. And I believe I'd shared that in some other scriptures. And what they said, the, this pastor from Pakistan said, people are being set free from demons. They're receiving the Lord. They're getting set free. And so, of course, you figure 
what's happening in those cities. That's what we want in this city, but are, are you ready and willing to go forth and proclaim the word with signs following? Hallelujah. Because I'll tell you, there'll be some that'll come, but we've got to go out and reach them and get them in here. If a 10-minute tape can do that, a 10-minute tape. So just think about that for a while. Miracles, John, the miracles of Jesus. We're just going to do Jesus or part of Jesus today. John 4, 46. I'm not going to do these in order, so you're going to be running around your Bible, okay? I've asked Dan to teach on healing. Um last Wednesday and this coming Wednesday. We shouldn't be having symptoms. Enough has come. Amen. John 4, 46. So Jesus came again to Canaan of Galilee and he made the water wine and as and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. And then Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believeth the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servant met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then endured he of them the hour when he began to amend. And he said unto him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus saith unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole house. Now I want to, I want to talk to, to, to you parents, okay? Sometimes you see your kids and you're not seeing what you desire to see in your kids. Well, this happened to be sickness and disease. And he, he, he said it out of his mouth, if you don't come, my son is going to die. Well, Jesus had a better plan right here. But this man had to believe. And so he said, this is what he says, at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth and himself believed and his whole house. Hallelujah. His whole house was believing for a miracle. You know, the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6 that my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. The reason why, and it's unfortunate, less and less churches today are teaching that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Matter of fact, they throw it out. That's not for, they say this is not for us anymore. That was for the disciples. And then some, you know, then you say, well, who was Paul? He was an apostle. You know, it's interesting to, to trap people sometimes. But Jesus is the healer. In Psalms 107, 
um, 19 and 20, they cried unto the Lord and he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all destruction. That's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, they cried unto the Lord and he sent his word and he healed them from all destruction. Like um, Brian was sharing er earlier, you've got to get a mindset that God, number one, is, is out there and that is his desire to do. Whether it be prosperity, whether it be healing, that's why 3 John 2 is one of my favorite verses. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. If you want to get the religious angry, quote that scripture. All these scriptures I'm giving you would probably get them angry, you know, to be honest with you, the day we live in, okay? All right, so we see Luke 5, 6. Everything that Jesus did, and this is what always uh, excited me, he, he, I want to put this right, not only is there, you know, one type of need that a person might have, but he covered the whole scope. He's covered the whole gamut, whether it was money they needed, what, whatever it was, it was covered. So they saw, listen, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but everything is covered here. You know, we speak, we frame our worlds with the word of God. It's like the man on the, on that Gloria talked about, or no, I think it was, her son-in-law talked about on the tape this morning that he'd had all this dental work done and he came out and spoke out of his mouth when you're 60, now I rented this helpless, when you're 60, everything starts falling apart. He just spoke his life into existence. So we need to watch what we say. And I've heard so many people say these things. It's like, do you know what you're saying? Like, take care or whatever. No, I'm not going to take it. But, you know, watch what you say. We've really got to get to that point. Okay, here we go. Luke 5, 6. So, think about this. Every, here we're going, and we're going to look at this one I love. Let's see, let's start with two. And he saw two boats drawn up by the lake, but the fishermen had gone down from them and they were washing their nets. And getting into one of the boats, the one that belongeth to Simon Peter, he requested him to draw away a little from the shore. And he sat down and continued to teach the crowd from the people from the boat. And he had stopped speaking. He said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a haul. And Simon Peter answered, Master, we have toiled all night exhaustingly and caught nothing in our nets, but on the ground of your word, I will lower the nets again. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And as their nets were at the point of breaking, they signaled to their partners, in the other boat to come and take hold of them. And they came and filled both the boats so that, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. 
for he was gripped and bewildered with amazement. Why? Because he knew, I'm a sinful man. I did not believe you. He saw, he saw that whatever, I'm going I'm to put my interpretation of this, okay? He saw that when Jesus speaks something, it will come to pass. And if we don't act on it, we're not operating in faith. Anything that isn't faith is sin. You know, we think, we think of these huge things that are sin. You know, a froward mouth is sin. It talks about in Proverbs 4. What is a froward mouth? It's a mouth that does not teach, that's not speaking faith. That's what a froward mouth is. It's not speaking faith. So they made a hall. This was Jesus' idea. Okay, this, these are God's thoughts. He doesn't think poverty, ever. He can't go there. God can't, <clears throat> God's thoughts don't go over to poverty. That's right, you birds bring in the, the finances. They don't, they don't think that way. God's thoughts always think blessing, healing, deliverance. It's every perfect gift is from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. He cannot turn away from his word. Amen? Every good and perfect gift is from the Father. John 10.10, 10. we know the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. The abundant life. The life in abundance. He wants his children blessed. I'm proclaiming that to you today. This week, God wants you blessed. He wants you blessed. He wants you healed. He wants you whole. He wants you prosperous. He wants you to live an abundant, fulfilled life in every area of your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, now we're going to go to the demoniac in, in the synagogue. Mark 1, 26. <clears throat> when Jesus, he's reminding me of this. Um, there were so many books out when I got saved on how to cast out devils. And I'm going to be real honest with you. That thought that that was not appealing to me. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to be there when that was happening. Um, I didn't want to believe that it could be. And um, in our church, I've shared before how there were two witches that came to the church. And they're trying to cast a spell on our pastor up there. And so... His wife, it seems to be always the women, his wife and another woman took, her to the, took them to the back. What they didn't know is you don't have to let them manifest. And so they were growling and carrying on. And it was like, I'm out of here. And I ran to the back of the church. Now, you can all laugh at this because I was like, no way. Throwing up and all that, no way. And so at that time... Um, it wasn't long after that, and I've shared this before, a demon showed up in our house. 
And um, I wasn't even filled with the Holy Ghost. And I saw it, and it spoke that it had come to destroy my husband's family. Nobody else saw it. I saw it. I was like, what is this? I mean, you got to remember, I was just a brand new baby Christian here. And so I told him, I said, you better call somebody because uh, that's not the thing I want to be seeing. And so he called the lady that led him to the Lord. That, and so she, I got on the phone and she said, you've received the gift of discerning of spirit. And I said, and she said, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost or do you pray in tongues? And I said, no. And she said, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Tomorrow is church. You need to go up and you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And I said, okay. And she, you know, gave me the list of the gifts of the Spirit. And I started reading them and said, you know, there are some other ones in here that I think I'd rather have than casting out demons. And, you know, seeing the angel part's good, but the other part, I thought, hmm. So at that point, I went the next day, got filled with the Holy Spirit, got hung, drunk in the Holy Spirit. The only one there getting drunk in the Spirit. The rest were crying. Went home, threw 17 packs of cigarettes away, and it was over went from smoking three and a half packs of cigarettes to nothing and it was over pastor pulled them out of the garbage and saved them and thought she's going to go back to it and finally gave them to somebody he should have burned them but whatever you know because I'd tried to quit so many times but anyway at that time the Lord said I am calling you to do this and I went oh and he said but you're not to read one book on from anybody else you're to read the word and the word only he said, I will show you exactly what to do. So I've heard some people teach on demons, and it's been quite interesting to me, um, even recently, that it's quite amazing to me. Um, they need to go a little bit deeper and have a clearer understanding in the word, but that's okay. So let's look at this. Mark 1, 26, you don't need to be afraid of them. They're afraid of you. I'm going to tell you right now, they don't like you. They're afraid of you. The best thing you can get, I'm, because this is going out, if you encounter someone with a demonic spirit, is make them get eye contact with you. That's the best thing you can do. Because you will, you, the, the spirit of God in you will cause that spirit in them to be fearful. And so, and you don't allow them to manifest. And... Some people disagree with that, but Jesus told me, he said, because I asked him all these questions and we were going through all this. He said, I said, they manifested in here. And he said, that was before I went to hell. So when I went to hell, I spoiled principalities and powers and made a show openly and triumphing over in it. He said, they no longer have that right. Yet people still allow them to have that right for whatever reason. Many people try to cast them out, and they don't operate it in the gifts of the Spirit, so they miss some. So, but anyway, let's go here. Jesus knew what he was doing all the time. Okay, first, Mark 1.26. Here we go. Let's move it up a little bit. Here we are. Verse 21, they went into Capernaum on the straight way on the Sabbath day, and he entered into the synagogue and taught. Now think, I'm in here talking and think of a demoniac decides, think, think of the, when we get into this spirit, we'll talk about it a little. Um, and he taught, and as one of the, as one that had authority and not as the scribes, 
And there was in the in there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. An unclean spirit is a sexual, anybody that's gotten involved in sexual sin. It could be they've been molested. You know, it could be from a child. You, you know, there's another place we'll get into later on. It can be uh, you openly yield yourself over to, you know, sexual things, you know, and this is what, so this guy, now as we get into this, this guy was really something. In the synagogue, a man with unclean spirit, and he cried out, say, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? At Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, and who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him, and they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread about throughout the region, round and about Galilee. This guy had to have been well known, okay? Because as we go on, um, we see what happens. And forthwith, when they had come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew and the wife of, with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever and, and on, and they tell him of her. And he went in and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And an evening, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. So here they come, the whole area. How'd you like to have all the demon-possessed come to your house in the town? Think of it. Think of what they thought. Wow, this is really something. What in church is fine, but now we got the whole town full of them coming. Okay. They brought him uh, to him who were sick and those under the power of demons until the whole town was gathered together about the door. And he cured. Let's see. Where am I? I want. I don't like the word cured. And he healed many who were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Let me tell you, they want to speak. They know you. I've had them come up in the line before in a person, and, and <laughs> I've had the person later tell me. I've had many, you know, so if you're here and it's you, I don't remember, so it doesn't matter. But... Um, I'm, I'm dealing with them, and these things are speaking, and I'm telling it, not, you know, shut up. You know, that'll blow a person away. I'm going to tell you right now, if they come in line, and all of a sudden demons start speaking out of them, and I can hear it, they can hear it, but nobody else can hear it. And you cast it out. I usually don't cast it out, I bind it, because this is what the Lord told me. He said, if you cast it out, and they don't have the word, they don't have the word, 
Remember, Jesus told people, go and sin no more. If they don't have the word on how to stay free, then they're going to get worse, seven times worse, if they don't fill that area with the Holy Ghost. And so, he just went through towns and cast them out. That's what he did. I mean, he, was, he didn't have time to stay in every town. So he drove them out. And I guarantee you, though, they didn't want to come back. They didn't, they didn't. They just left. That was it. Goodbye. They were free. They, they wanted to be free. And you had a whole city there that encouraged them. They didn't look at, well, boy, you really were something. No. They were free. And so, as we look at this, we see that he cured demons. And then he left. And then he went to the next place, and the next place, and the next place. Even the disciples at points would say, you know, why don't we, you know, he's going to stay here another day. No, I'm not. And we're moving on. Amen. Okay. So, let's look at Matthew 8, 18. I think that the biggest thing that bothers me the most today is that how many places can a person go where they can be set free? Really? I love this one. <clears throat> when the evening came, verse 16, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons, and he drove out the spirits with the word and restored to health all that were sick, unless he himself what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, he himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities. Now Jesus went, he saw the great throngs around him, gave orders to cross over to the other side. And the scribe came to him and said, Master, I will accompany you wherever you go. And we know what happens. He says, I, foxes have holes and birds have the air, have lodging places, but the Son of Man has no way to lay his head. Okay, so we see the demons cast out. That's another one you can underline in there. Now we're going to go to um, Matthew 8, 3, cleansing the leper. Now nobody wanted to be around the lepers. The lepers lived in the garbage dumps. Now, that's a horrible place to live. How many remember that movie, and I can't remember the name of it, where it showed that woman that got leprosy? It's a real old movie. What movie was that? Oh, it's one of the, the Christian movies that they made years ago. And, and pardon? Is it Ben-Hur? Is she in Ben-Hur? You know, if she, does, she and the, does she and the mother got leprosy or something? Covered themselves up and the whole thing. I guess it is been her. I need to tape been her, I guess, and look at it again. Okay. Matthew 8, 3. Here we go. And Jesus put his hand and touched him, saying, I, I, wait a minute, back up. And when he had come down, verse 1, from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there was a leper worshiping him, saying, Lord, if you will, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. 
And Jesus saith unto him, See thou, tell no man, but go thy way and show thyself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Remember, they're still under the law here. And so, now I can just imagine when Jesus reached out and touched this guy with the rest of the people thought, you know, for us that don't like our hands dirty. <laughs> I mean, I'm one of those. He reaches out and touches a leopard. Do you think he had some hand cleaner in his back pocket and he pulled it out and washed him? No. Didn't even bother him because he knew he had the power in him. Amen. There used to be a leper clinic on one of the islands in Hawaii, and it's not there anymore. And then there was a, nobody, not many people know this, but there was a group of lepers up in San Francisco that they had hidden that was really interesting. People needed to go in there and set them free. Amen. Okay, let's look at Mark 141. Remember, I'm giving you all these, not just to teach you, and for those of you in Oregon, so you can mark these in your Bible. Okay, let's go to 39. So he went through the whole of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. And a leper came to him, begging him on his knees and saying to him, If you're willing, you're able to make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put his hands and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he said spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. I like the way each person version of what happened. Amen. You know, Luke 5.13. How'd he see this? If you ever get an account, if you get a bunch of people go out soul winning, every person is going to have a different thing of what they saw when we come back and share. Every person that was in that group has a different thing of what they saw or what stood out to them. Luke 5.13. Hope I'm not taking your scriptures for Wednesday night, am I? And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him, tell no man, but show thyself to the priests and offer for thy cleansing. You know, Jesus was constantly telling them, tell no man. Anybody know why? You know why? Pardon? Yeah. In certain instances, it was demons that he was casting out. Right. But not only that, he knew if he told... There was one place in the Word where it talks about so many people, there were so many people there that he couldn't hardly move and they could have suffocated him. And so he was trying to go through cities and set people free. You know, I'm going to tell you something. 
This is something I found when people are really hungry and they really want freedom, they're going to they're going to look for Jesus. They're going to look for someone that has has the anointing on them and believes it or they're going to look for Jesus. And he he didn't want them telling everybody because not everybody was going to believe. And if you have a bunch of unbelievers and doubt and unbelievers in the crowd, I've had to ask people to get out of the room. I mean, it's rude and you hate to do it, but you have to do it sometimes. I mean, I've had to take people down to the, I remember one time this person, <clears throat> there wasn't much hope, I had to take them down to the chapel in the, and, and I'm going to tell you, these were non-believers, they did not know the word, I took them down to the chapel and shared with them, if you want this person to live, along with the parent, if you want this person to live, these are the instructions that you're going to need to do. Do you know the ones that were non-Christians were hungrier to do, more, more excited to do this than the, the people, than, than the believers that had the word, that really didn't have the word but had religion? They were saved, but they were religious. But it was the non-believers that got saved that were hungrier to go see this, this person live, which is amazing to me. Okay, let's look at um, Matthew 9.2. How many are going to do your Bibles? If you do, if you do a chapter a night, I'm going to tell you, if you just do a chapter a night, it'll go by quick. Well, let me put it. How, how, I'm going to be real blunt. How, how much do you want to walk in divine health? It's <laughs> blunt. Okay. And every one of us in this room needs this. Okay, so you can look at me and say, well, I don't. Yeah, you do. So, Matthew 9, 2. I'll go to verse 1. And Jesus getting into the boat, crossed to the other side, to his own town, Cap Capernaum. And behold, they brought him a paralyzed and prostrated by illness, prostrated by illness, lying on a sleeping pad, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven and the penalty remitted. Now, this is, this is why he didn't want everybody to tell everybody. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man blasphemes. He claims the rights and prerogatives of God. But Jesus, knowing, seeing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil and harbor malice in your hearts? For which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven and the penalty remitted or to say, get up and walk. Which is easier? Where's your faith? That must have ticked. I can just imagine that ticked them off. Mark 2, 3. Can you imagine how excited this guy and his friends were?
Jesus having returned to Capernaum after days, some days, it was rumored about that he was in the house, probably Peter's, and so many people gathered together there that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door, and he was discussing the word. Then they came, bringing a paralytic to him, who had been picked up and was being carried by four men. And when they could not get him to a place in front of Jesus because of the throng, they dug through the roof above him. And when they had scooped out an opening and let down the thickly padded quilt or mat upon which the paralyzed man lay, when Jesus saw their faith, their confidence in God through him, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven you and put away, that is, the penalty and remitted, the penalty sorry, is remitted, that sense of guilt removed, that you are made upright in the right standing with God. And some of the scribes were sitting there holding a dialogue with themselves as they questioned in their hearts, Why does this man talk like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins, remove guilt, remit the penalty, and bestow righteousness of, except God alone? And once Jesus, becoming fairly aware in his spirit that thus had, that they thus debated within him themselves, said to them, Why do you argue, debate, reason with all that is in your hearts? And he said again, which is easier to say to the paralyzed man? <laughs> I sit here and I think about it. Can you imagine being in this house? Jesus is teaching the word. And all of a sudden, you hear the roof being torn off. Now, we all know Peter. Hey! I mean, I can just think what he's thinking. Wait a minute! You're ripping my roof off! But here they just rip the roof off, pull, put the guy down, and he gets completely set free. And yet, here are these people that are upset. They're not excited about the healing. They're upset over Jesus saying, your sins have been forgiven. Pitiful. I'm sorry, I have to laugh at this. I mean, these people are so stupid. Luke 5.13. Well, if you're listening on tape and you're in that spot, there you go. Uh, Luke 5.13. Oh, boy. Sorry. I'm gonna, if I start laughing, just, just join in with me because this makes me joyful. Um, <laughs> Let's go to 12. And, when he, and while he was in one of the towns, they came, there came a man full, full and covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, did we already do this one? Full and covered with it. 
full and covered. Has anybody ever seen pictures of leprosy? I don't know how I got over there again, but sorry. We had to read that again, I guess. Okay, here comes John 5, 5. Oh, I love this one. Later on, verse 1, on the Jewish festival feast for, the, for, for which Jesus went to Jerusalem. Which feast was this, babe? Now there is in Jerusalem a pool near the Sheep Gate. This pool in Hebrew is called Bethsaida. Having five porches, alcoves, colonnades, whatever, and doorways. In these lay great number of sick folk. Think of this. This beautiful place, there's all these sick people laying around. Some blind, some crippled, some paralyzed, shriveled up, waiting for the bubbling up of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down in an appointed season into the pool and moved and stirred up the water. Whoever there, whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in, was cured of whatever disease with which he was afflicted. I'll bet this place was packed. I can, can you imagine? Let's say it had five porches. I bet it was packed. And there was a certain man there who had suffered with a deep-seated and lingering disorder for 38 years. Is anybody 38 in here? Yeah, right. Do you too? We'll cast out liars in a minute. Anybody 38 willing to admit? If I was 38, I'd be waving my hand and jumping up and down. No Who's closest to 38? Okay, Lisa. That's a long time, huh? Your whole life. Didn't say how old this guy was. When Jesus noticed him lying there helpless. Wonder, do you ever stop and wonder of all these, this, this is how I, my thoughts work, okay? Then I talk to Jesus about these things. Out of all these people, all these people, why he chose this guy. This man must have had such a longing desire and faith that it could happen. Had to have, because Jesus watches for faith. He, 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 when he sees faith out there, he will go beyond to get to you and do whatever you're, you're believing for. So here we go. Um, Jesus noticed him lying there helpless, knowing that he had already been a long time in that condition. He said to him, Do you want to become well? Are you really in earnest about getting well? You know, when you're a minister sometimes, or you're out on the streets, God will have you ask people these questions. And 
some of them just have an attitude, whatever. Let me tell you, they're not going to get well. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to. But when you see someone that's like, I really want this, they're going to get what they want. Or there's also times when God will have a, if you really want, if you, if you really want to operate or walk in this, then there are some things that the Holy Spirit is telling the minister to say that, you know, you need to do this. And usually it's only one, one stinking, excuse me, Lord, easy thing to change. One thing. They don't do it. One easy, one, e one easy, they don't do it. And they can't understand why, 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 you know, they can come get, they can come, I can rub you bald, but if God's told you over and over to do something and you don't do it, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Because he's looking for obedience. Say, I all, all of you say, I love Pastor Peggy. Not one said it. I'm not moving. If I didn't tell you this stuff, all right, I want you to all close your eyes and think what it would be like if I wasn't here anymore. Just think about it for a minute. You know, or if past, you know, if or if pastor wasn't here, there would be there would be something missing from from what God put here. I'm not bragging here. I'm just telling you there would be a part missing because I'm the one that slaps it to wherever it has to be slapped to. Right, Brian? Is that kind of how we say it? Whatever it is, it's, you know. I mean. I'm like if my girlfriend said, I'm the spinach. You don't like it, but eat it. It makes you healthy. Amen. I had a girlfriend. She was a woman preacher. And boy, they didn't like women preachers then. Anyway, so here we are. He noticed him there. He said to him, are you earnest about getting well? The invalid said, sir, I have nobody when the water is moving to put me into the pool. I'll bet you there were people for a while. I'm going to stop here a little bit and talk a little. I bet there were people there that came with him. Why would you, why'd you, bring, why would you bring him down there if you weren't here? Why would you set him somewhere where he can't get down to the pool for so long? I bet there were people. Maybe they didn't have the faith. Maybe he didn't have the faith. Whatever, but there came a point here. Something had to happen. Invalid answers, sir, I have nobody to, when the water is moving to put me into the pool, but while I am trying to come into it myself, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your bed, sleeping pad, and walk. Instantly the man became well and recovered his strength and picked up his bed and walked, but that happened on the Sabbath. Here we go. So the Jews kept saying to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. Listen to this. 
and you have no right to pick up your bed. It is not lawful. I would have looked at them and said, are you nuts? I'm free. It's not lawful. And he answered them, the man who healed me and gave me back my strength, he himself said to me, pick up your bed and walk. And they asked him, who is this man who told you to pick up your bed and walk? Now the invalid who had, the invalid who had been healed did not know who it was. He didn't know. For Jesus had quietly gone away, had passed on unnoticed since there was a crowd in the place. Afterwards, when Jesus found him in the temple, he said to him, See, you are well. Stop sinning. Listen to this. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. How many ever saw that before? Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. How many ever think of that? Trust me, very few. That's why we're in the that's one of the reasons why we're in the mess we're in in this country. I blame the Christians. I'll tell you right now, that's who I blame. Because they haven't quit sinning. They haven't prayed. It says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then they shall hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Same, same thing, stop sinning, turn from your wicked ways, you know. Okay, everybody smile. You can say it to yourself, I love her. I was gone for a while. <laughs> I'm not going to leave again for a while until we go on vacation. So, okay, here we go. I like that one. Withered hand. Matthew 12, 12 10. This should be exciting you. Whatever, if you even have a sprained toe, this should be exciting you. I don't know about you, but I was doing this last night, and I don't know what time, this sermon, I was getting excited, and I, the more I wrote, the more excited I got. Okay, Matthew 12, 10, right? Here he goes. And going there, on from there, he went into the synagogue, and behold, a man was there with a withered hand. And Jesus said to him, Is it lawful or allowed to cure people on the Sabbath that they, might, that they might accuse him? But he said to them, What man is there among you if he had only one sheep and it falls into a pit or ditch on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? How much better and of the more value is a man than a sheep? So, the, so is it lawful and allowable to do good on the Sabbath? Then he said to the man, Reach out your hand, 
and the man reached it out and it was restored as sound as the other one. But here we go. But the Pharisees went out and held a consultation against him how they might do away with him. And being aware of this, Jesus went away from there and many people joined him and accompanied him and he cured them all. This is ignorance gone to seed. I'm sorry, but there are churches today that feel the same way. Jesus doesn't heal anymore. That went out with the disciples. Or even the better one, he's schizophrenic. Sometimes he will and sometimes he won't. The church I was born again in, that's what they believed. When you came up in the line, well, maybe he will and maybe he won't. It's if, if it's God's will, you will be healed. Every place I've seen that we've read so far, it was God's will. Amen. We're going to stop. It's quarter to 12. We're stopping. You got anything to say? Did you figure out what, what um, the celebration was that, at that time? Feast of the Tabernacles, you think? Okay, where did I stop? Okay. Matthew 12. The withered hand. I can't believe it. The guy has this withered old hand like this. And his hand is normal, and they get mad. It's all here Wednesday night. What was it you wanted them to study? Um, just something to meditate on. Think about before we... Here, honey, you can just come up here. In uh, Psalms 1-1, so this is something to think about uh, before we get together Wednesday. But uh, in Psalms, it says, let's see, blessed, happy, fortunate, enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, plans, or purposes. This is the part that I want you to meditate on. Uh, Nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk. Um, so just think about that. Um, just that little phrase, because we're going to touch on that Wednesday night. Talking about healing. Think about. Am I on? Think about. Uh, I'll say it. Why not? Think about what you're watching on TV. That'll be a good one there. Is that a fine? Would Jesus watch it? That's a good one. I like Psalms 1, 1 through 3. That's one of my favorites. All right. We will pray. And if anybody needs healing, since I just taught on healing, if you need to go, go ahead and go. And if anybody needs healing, 
I will be praying for you. So, Father, we just thank you for the word that has gone forth today in power and might. And I thank you, Father, for everyone that's hearing this tape. If they need healing in their body, that as they hear this word, their body, and they apply faith to this word, whatever area in their spirit, soul, or body that needs to be healed, it will be healed. And I bind every demonic spirit in the name of Jesus that is trying to keep people from hearing and receiving the word. People that are dealing with stubbornness and rebellion, I take authority over it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.